0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United. It is Tuesday night. We are live on Facebook. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube as well. If you're online, hop in the chat, throw your questions and comments up there throughout the show. We'll be getting those as we go through the show. Joining me tonight, as always, we have Jacob Terrell. Earl is not with us tonight. Um, Earl had to work out of town today And so uh, he actually just left work just a short time ago. So, uh, Earl Stafe travels on your drive back in the town this. On uh, your way, way back towards the Albuquerque area this evening. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot to get to, guys. It's been a fantastic week. Opening weekend is in the books. And uh, we cannot wait to talk about this show. But before we do get into our New Mexico United news and notes for the week, as well as our preview of El Paso this coming weekend, Jacob, I do have one burning question for you. Fuck Tom Brady
1: that's uh more of a statement <laughs> and um uh, it sounds like it's coming from a bitter atlanta fan but um um yeah i'll say um i won't say that actually yeah, no.
0: yeah i i didn't think he would but yeah you, know, you know it's uh if, if earl was here he would he would be right there with you but he just might, he might be, but you know, it's been 22 years. He's had 22 seasons in this league. It's time to move on. Nah. And you know, I, I've been seeing all these memes and things about it now saying that, you know, Tom basically after like a month and a half at home with his wife and kids said he couldn't do that anymore. I figured he'd rather come get sacked a few times instead of be with his wife and kids. Um, so I've seen that around social media a little bit. I've also seen a report today saying that what was supposed to have been his last touchdown pass ever was bought at auction for a little over half a million dollars and uh i feel bad for that guy (laughs) like i really do and i I guess there's i guess there's a chance that that ball could still be worth something at some point you know if it is in fact if somehow it's the last postseason touchdown that, that tom brady ever throws
1: can you I, know. can I say that I don't feel bad for that guy? <laughs> he, he's he had five hundred thousand dollars to spend on a fucking football. I don't feel bad for him at all.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly see your point of view, but yeah, it's just what I. Mean, if you if you don't retire, I mean, just move on, Tom. It's time for someone else to to come in, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. No,
1: I he, he's fine. That guy that's fine. That guy that, that paid for that football is fine. Tom Brady's fine. Um, It's, it's fine. Just let him, leave him be, okay?
0: <laughs> well, of course, you're happy. You, you are a Buck fan, so, you know.
1: No, I, I mean, my expectations for this year without Tom were playoffs. And my expectations with Tom is okay, we're going to be in the playoffs. It's it's like, we might be in the playoffs, To We're in the playoffs, but I'm not sitting here going, oh, yeah, we're for sure in the playoffs. We're going to win a championship, yada, yada, yada. That's not where, like, I'm not 100% sure we're going to even compete for a championship. It, it depends on what we do in free agency and, and how some things shake out. But I will say that we're definitely better off with him than
0: without him. Yeah, that's true. You know, I really think the only other competition at this point, as far as I can see, it is the Packers still. But you know, it's because basically the NFC South. I don't even NFC. Yeah, NFC South is just I. I don't know what Carolina's doing. Uh, nothing, nothing. Saints. Doing. I, you know, Alvin Kamara may be suspended. We all know what happened with Calvin Ridley, and you know, like the Falcons are eleven million dollars under the cap. Or, I'm sorry. There's not 11 million dollars under the cap. They're about four million dollars under the cap with Calvin Ridley being suspended. But you know, it's the NFC South is the Bucks to win with with Brady being back. So, yeah. and that's that's why I feel confident with playoffs
1: uh, with Tom Brady. <laughs> Whereas before, I mean, I felt like we could make the playoffs without him, depending on what we did at quarterback. But but with him, we're just, I mean, I hesitate to say a guarantee, but as close to a guarantee as you can get in professional sports, we're going to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the Tom Brady era is it, not done. Especially
1: in the NFC, because like you mentioned, there's just not a whole lot going on in the NFC.
0: Yeah. yeah. With, the, with the Russell Wilson trade and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, have, I, I really think it's going to come down to, and this is way early predictions. You know, I think it's going to come down to green Bay and, uh, and, and Tampa Bay. That's just my thoughts on it.
1: I mean, the Rams are going to be the Rams still. And San Fran looked frisky at times. So they could they could do something. But, oh, get out of here, Aaron. Get out of here. Uh, the AFC West part I'm fine with. Because the AFC West is kind of stacked right now. Yeah. But uh, this last part here, um, we're just going to ignore that. And... <laughs> There you go. jacob deserves that one right there do you watch any uh, champions league today uh no i had it on but we had other stuff going on around the house and i didn't get off work till about 6 so i had other things that i had to do but i uh, i was following it <laughs> i just didn't watch it
0: okay yeah so i i uh, i left work or left, left my office at about 2:30 today came home worked a few more hours shoot me please uh i've now worked 22 hours in the past 2 days um but I found out that Paramount Plus had a had a side by side stream of it, of the two matches hmm. that run this. So you had Man United on one side, and you had the Benfica match on the other. Uh, so it was really interesting that they were doing switching the commentary back and forth between the two broadcasts. Um, but yeah, it was really I hadn't seen them do that before. But it was really nice to see. So uh, Atletico, kind of, of course, advances, and then uh, Benfica advances as well. So, um, you know, I. I don't know. I mean, it was just fun to watch. It was fun to see that, and uh, I'll i probably be able to see uh, Chelsea and whoever tomorrow. So, uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Lil. Lil. Yeah. Uh, Juventus and Villarreal. So, I really like how I really like how the Champions League does their their structure, like how they set it up to both kick off at the same time and how they're doing all this. So, there's no like, I guess screen watching, you know. Or you know, scoreboard watching to find out, but, but but in in Champions League, it's not like
1: it's not like you know who you're going to play next. That's true because they're doing a draw. Well, I, I mean, eventually there is, but I, I I could be wrong, but I believe that they're still they're still in the process of not having a set bracket like, that's still a round or two away. So, um, I I am vehemently against having kickoffs at the same time basically for anything except for maybe like week 17 of the nfl but the way the usl does it which yesterday was better or saturday was better but you still had all the western conference games in a two-hour window yeah basically and and i get it but at the same time it's like you could have a kickoff at like one o'clock in the afternoon on a saturday for phoenix every once in a while at this time of year, maybe not in yeah, August, yeah. but at this time of year, why not have Phoenix play a one o'clock in the afternoon game? Yeah. Or uh, Orange County or San Diego, somebody. Yeah. Like they just because they're in
0: California doesn't mean they have to kick off at eight o'clock all the time. Yeah. That's why I love like West Coast baseball trips. You know, you get the 10 a.m. game. Like it's so much fun. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's I I completely agree with you on on the USL scheduling. I wish they would kind of spread it out a little bit more because I would I would gladly sit down and watch USL championships all day long. But and and we've kind of talked about it before. I think it really comes down to the broadcaster and whatever the deal they have with ESPN, ESPN Plus. And there's I think maybe there's only certain time when slots that they have they can put programming on. I think that's what it comes down to for ESPN, maybe. But ESPN Plus is a streaming
1: service it shouldn't matter when what time you have kickoffs on, on a streaming service. I mean, they're unless they're trying not to compete with like the Bundesliga contract that they have, but I can almost guarantee you that the people that are watching the Bundesliga games are going to watch the Bundesliga games over the USL games. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I love the USL obviously, but it, if you're a, a Bayern Munich fan and they're kicking off at 1030, here in new mexico and this random orange county rgv match is going to happen at 11 unless byron's up by four at, at 30 minutes in i'm not going to turn it to the orange county match oh after playing salzburg
0: again you never know right which <laughs> is possible sometimes
1: i don't know it's weird to me
0: yeah. No, I get it. And, and we've kind of had these conversations before and we've talked to, I think we ha- actually talked to David Carl about it once. And he did mention that there were, that there was a set windows or they were gi- you given like two options to start the match. In. And so they mm-hmm. had to, you know, pick, pick which one they felt better suited. And so, cause mm-hmm. we've asked them before about starting matches earlier and doing, you know, cause I love the 505 kickoffs, like I wish we could do that more. Yeah. especially especially now uh, with the weather the way it is, it's just now changing. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see more 505 kickoffs. And, you know, like you know now or like October, November, maybe even in like uh, September, October, November, you could see like a, a three o'clock kickoff mm-hmm. or something like that. I would love to see that. Well, Saturday, uh,
1: but, our next home game, Saturday the 26th is at four. Yeah. And I like that.
0: A question in the chat Do y'all have Hulu Plus Wild that all ESPN Plus events are on there now? Do you do you need the ESPN Plus sub still? Um, so if you have the uh Disney Plus bundle, um, which includes Disney, Hulu, ESPN, you just need the one subscription. Now, if you if you're only paying for Hulu Plus, that I don't know. Um I,
1: I believe that it it is not the ESPN Plus content is not on there if you have Hulu Plus. Okay. You still have to have the ESPN plus package or ESPN plus subscription. I could be wrong, but that's the way I understood it last year when they, or recently when they changed to like a, a different kind of bundle or you had the option for a different bundle. I think it, I think that's still what it was, but I'm not an expert. So.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Cause I, don't cause I remember, I think it was at one point last year we were, getting ready for the show or something. I was like, Hey, there's ESPN stuff on Hulu now. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think it's because I do have the, the big bundle, in the, you know, the Disney plus bundle. Um, And no, I completely <laughs> agree. It is nice to not have to switch apps. It really is. Um, And honestly, for a long time, like my ESPN app on like a TV wouldn't pick up ESPN plus. And then like when it came on to Hulu, like only certain versions of the Hulu app, would show it. So, like, the one on the TV would show the ESPN+, Plus, but the one on my Xfinity box wouldn't. So, but they actually got they got it sorted. So now it's just everything straight ESPN. I don't have to worry about it. Or I could just, like you said, get into Hulu and go in through there. Um, but, yeah, Champions League, Liverpool advances, Bayern advances. Uh, let's see, who else? We talked about Man City's going on, Real Madrid. Apparently PSG is, like, dumpster fire now because of their loss. Uh, Atletico Madrid advances, Benfica advances, and tomorrow we'll see whether or not Chelsea or Lille advance, or Juventus or Real. So, so uh, is, is is PSG the
1: Brooklyn Nets? <laughs> is that the comp
0: there? Like, I don't know. You have like,
1: you have two stars, a la Kyrie and and uh, Durant. You bring in this third star that is supposed to, I I guess, who would be the Kyrie in this situation? Neymar? Probably Neymar, huh? Yeah. I think think it fits pretty closely there. And who knows? Maybe Messi will get transferred somewhere, and then all of a sudden PSG will be good again. But um, until then, I'm with with, uh, Aaron in the chat. PSG's loss was so sweet to watch. and there's a PSG side that was playing Real Madrid, who, I, I, if Real Madrid is playing anybody else, they're the hated ones. <laughs> they're the team that's like, oh, it's the Lakers. Oh, it's the Yankees. And this is right. not the same Real Madrid we've seen in the past several years. No, I mean, it's still a good team. Yeah. It's just not... I mean, if you have Neymar Mbappe and and uh, Messi, I, I don't know how you're not
0: playing better than what psg is so no i completely agree yeah it's funny like real madrid this is not the same real madrid they're not as good they're they're still sitting first 10 points clear but like no yeah they haven't i mean they really haven't been the same but yeah it's you know trying to follow La liga and league uh and bundesliga and premier man there's so much soccer to watch and uh, we didn't get to talk about it, but you know, we actually saw some live cricket while we were out at the. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> the preseason match the night, it was like, which it was, was like is, a yeah. cricket pickup game, just
1: yeah. out of nowhere over there at Mesa del Sol. It was pretty cool.
0: I yeah, I was half tempted to run a risk if we could play, but you know, I really wanted um, to just take a bat
1: and just yes! take some swings. That's all I wanted. Nah, to, try to do. That would have been a lot of fun.
0: And then I would have made looked foolish and walked away with my head down, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it would have been a lot of fun to see. We'll have to try that out sometime. Um, but yeah, moving right along. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, USL Championship week one is in the books. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, it's been a fantastic opening weekend. Some interesting stats came out, some great articles over on USLchampionship.com. Go check them out. Uh, one of the biggest stats I took away from opening weekend was that home teams went 11 one one The only loss by a home team was Memphis when uh, losing the Pittsburgh river by by final of three nil. So um, home field advantage seems to be, seems to be back in a big way, at least through one week. I know it's hard to pull data from such a small data set, but
1: I w- like, I will say that as, as far as the Eastern conference matchups, it was kind of stacked with being the clearly better side was at home. Yeah. Um, but, but still, I mean, it was a, it was definitely an interesting stat there. Who who have, which three teams have the longest active regular season home winning streak, or home
0: unbeaten streak? Three longest active unbeaten, home unbeaten streaks. In the regular um, season. Gosh. I would I would guess, without looking at anything, I would say Loose City. No. Huh. Okay. Regular season
1: yeah that's, that's, that's key because two of them lost in the playoffs last year at home
0: yeah el pa- so it's not el paso because they. it lost. is el paso no it is el paso oh yeah regu- yeah because they lost they at, in the playoffs
1: yeah phoenix um, phoenix is so it's el paso and then phoenix or phoenix and el paso i don't remember and then who's three
0: um if i had to guess birmingham really us
1: when was our last home loss? I'd have to. I'd have to look. Loudon. Loudon <laughs> was our last home <laughs> loss. Wow. Shocking, right? Yeah, absolutely shocking. And yeah. I had to double check. I had to double check because I heard it. I don't remember where I heard it. No, it, it's it's us, Aaron. We have the third longest active regular season winning streak. I think it's at fifteen now. We had a lot of draws that felt like losses Yeah. after Loudon, but Loudon was our last home loss. Hmm. I wouldn't have thought that. I never would have either. I had to look it up twice. I was like, are you sure? And I went to the schedule and looked, and it was a bunch of draws. I mean, there was a lot of draws in there, but, but several wins as well and no losses since Loudon. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I wanted to text you yesterday so bad because that's when I found out, but I was like, no, I'm gonna save it for the pod. And I was really hoping that you didn't know because <laughs> then I was gonna feel dumb. But the fact that you're as shook as I or aw struck as I w- was, I, I feel better now because that is
0: crazy to me. I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't have even thought because of just how our form was last year. Exactly. I just but I wouldn't was, have figured that. But
1: it was a road form that was really bad. Yeah, it like, was the RGV match there at the end was on the road. The oh, there was another one there towards the end that was on the road. I mean, but yeah, I, I looked and it's a bunch of draws and some wins, but hmm. no losses since Loudon.
0: All right. Well, maybe that's that's promising. Yeah, you know that that's that's yeah. promising to know. So, um, you know, obviously that that bodes well. I mean, the lab has always been a place where we've done better mm-hmm. than, than on the road. So that's, that's a good stat to know. Um, but yeah, like looking around, like we did a couple of predictions last week. Uh, I was trying to remember, I honestly didn't write them down. Um, I know that Jerry was very wrong on his predictions for as El Paso goes, um, little bit, that. We also uh, let's see. We predicted Phoenix and Monterey Bay. I think we all picked Phoenix in that one. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty yeah. easy. I, I, that's. I still need to go back and watch that match because I want to see what exactly happened because it seemed like Phoenix just like switched off in the second half. That's exactly um, what happened. So I want to see that San Antonio, Detroit. We all. I think we all picked Detroit in that one. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll we we'll pick San Antonio in that one. I might uh, have picked Detroit, honestly. You might have. We have to look at. So San Antonio beat Detroit City in their well, USL debut. Make sure to write them down this week. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will. Um, San Antonio beat Detroit City uh, FC by final 1-0. Uh, I think we also looked at... I know Colorado uh, Springs was one of them. Colorado and Orange <coughs> County. I think we uh, might have all picked Colorado Springs. It's entirely possible. I think that Colorado Springs did beat Orange County by a final of 2-1. Coach Steve. Hey, Steve. How you doing? appreciate you being here. Um So, yeah fantastic weekend uh of, of action in the across the usl mm-hmm. and the runners had a fantastic win over the weekend as well mm-hmm. uh getting a mm-hmm. big time win up in Col- uh, up in colorado yeah. so congratulations to the runners and coach steve uh for picking that it was one match remaining in the runner season this coming saturday night up at the rear Rancho event center get out there 505 p.m kickoff to check out the runners and coach Steve. And if you haven't been out there, like seriously go, it's fun to watch. You can hang out in the hang out after the match, talk to the players, talk to coach Steve. And uh, it's, it's such a fun atmosphere to go out and be, to be around uh, Andres and everyone up there. They put on a fantastic program every Saturday night up at the event center. So get out there and, and check them out. Um. But yeah, back to, back to the USL. um Aaron. Aaron in the chat said Springs came out hot, which which they did.
1: They looked good. And Haji Berry didn't even contribute hardly at all in that. Yeah. And he, he almost was playing a 10. In fact, I think he was playing as their 10 and uh contributed that way and they were able to get three goals there and win three to one. And uh that that doesn't surprise me anyways. Yeah, I think they're they're gonna be a tough team this year.
0: Yes, yeah, so there's, there's three matches I, I want to watch still on from, this, from the week one slate. I do still want to watch Phoenix and Monterey just to see what happened there in the second half. Uh, Harry, Harry in the chat. Yes, sir, this is where the winners hang out. Uh, Jerry is not here with us this evening, so uh, we're having a good time. Yet. yet, he's not here yet. He's not here yet. Um, Harry, so, I've
1: missed you. I've seen you on Twitter and stuff, but you haven't yeah. been in the chat for a couple of weeks, man. I'm glad to have you
0: back. Yeah, we were... Uh, we were gonna we we were we missed you a couple weeks ago especially because there's something we were going to talk want to talk to you about get your take on but um what it was now yeah at this point it's been a couple weeks so um but yeah i thought you were i thought i thought you were mad at us for a little while there harry i was nervous
1: (laughs) thought we finally slandered san antonio too
0: much uh but yeah coach steve you know we, we do appreciate you guys and we love supporting the runners you know all the local clubs here and uh at least one of us is Earl's planning on being out there on Saturday, so at least one of us should be out there Saturday evening, um, to to be there uh, with you guys. Um, But um, yeah, so yeah, I've got uh, Phoenix Rising. I want to watch. I want to watch the San Antonio match, and then I do want to watch that Colorado Springs match just to kind of get an idea of what to look at. Jacob, you and I were talking here before the show about El Paso. I'm going to finish watching that here in a little bit, Um, but you know, looking at the way week one went, particularly for New Mexico United. We, we of course all predicted wins for United. <laughs> um, where is the average Earl? had to work. Um, he was out in the Carlsbad today and didn't leave work until a little over an hour ago. Um, so he was going to be getting back uh, rather late tonight. So uh, that's where Earl is at. He should be back on the show next weekend. Uh, so Jacob, I think you had four nil. No, I had five. Yeah, five um, nil. Okay,
1: because I, I had four, and then Earl showed me that he had four written down. So I okay. said, "Well, I'm I'm not going to go lower than four. That's
0: crazy." So <laughs> I went five. Um. So yeah, you went five. Earl went four. I believe Jerry went four in the chat as well. Um. Yeah. So one of us, one of us though. One of us did pick a two nil score line. I could have swore yours was two one. You think so? I think I went. I could have swore
1: it was two one.
0: I'll, I'll, we'll have to double check that. i um, pretty sure I said 2-0, um, but uh, one of us did have there. I know I had 2-0 over on Reddit uh, yeah. and, the, and the Reddit prediction threads. So.
1: Oh, so that's what you, you just made three different predictions so that you <laughs> you know you'd be right on one of them.
0: No, no, no. I, I did not make three different predictions. I'm pretty sure I had 2-0 on both. We'll double check that. But, um, you know, we weren't entirely sure what to what to make of Las Vegas coming into this. Uh, there wasn't exactly a set roster that we could find on Wikipedia or anywhere. And you went through looking at the transactions or the USL championship website. Now I did put out a tweet after seeing their lineup for the day saying that Cal Jennings was someone to keep an eye on. And sure enough, he was Cal Jennings showed up. He played pretty well throughout the match. Las Vegas actually controlled possession for, for much of it. And they, while they, while they controlled possession, they didn't necessarily put, a whole lot of threat on the goal. We saw a total of two shots on target, both of which uh, were fairly easily handled by Alex Timbacus. And he had a clean sheet, obviously a great way to start the season. You know, you, we were texting and you and I were kind of chatting for a little bit yesterday. You felt like some of my first half observations were a little bit negative. Um, I felt like our our three at the back was playing a little bit too wide, allowing Las Vegas to get into some space. Now you you and Earl were at the match. You had a different vantage point um, than I did watching at home. Did you have a chance to go back and watch that and kind of see if we had similar?
1: I did. I did. Um, So Harry had 4-1 us over Vegas, and um, it should have been it should have been four nil um or four one and and so i i I watched it. it it's hard when you're so when we're at the match me and earl specifically i know when you're there you usually sit up in the press box uh like a professional or some shit but um uh, when we're there we we like to be close and and one one is i am our de facto photographer um so if we want pictures of the game um i kind of have to be down there because i don't have fancy technology that yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't have fancy technology that allow me to take good pictures from uh, up in the press box. But um, when you're down there, it's really hard to judge certain things. Um, and so and specifically for me and Earl, we we typically hang out at whatever side we are attacking. So in the first half, we stayed in the dugout on on our side so that we could see our goal better and uh in the second half we switched and went to the outfield so that we could um we could see the attacking goal over there um and so when you're on that far side the attacks for the opposing team are really hard to gauge how they're forming um in most scenarios so so going back and re-watching i did I felt like you um, <laughs> no, Harry, I'm not not saying that I hate the defense. It's that the pictures that people like are typically of the goal scorers celebrating. <laughs> and in order to get those pictures, you have to be on the offensive side of the pitch. unless Nico Brett scores and runs away from you um, then then that kind of was a. Uh, a rough one had i been over in the dugout like we were in the first half i probably could have got a cool picture of him holding up the moreno jersey but um it i, I could see where you were coming from I, I still thought we dominate is too too strong of a word but i still feel like we controlled that match even if we didn't control possession um especially in the second half but even in the first half i still thought that even after re-watching it uh, I think that it it could be better. That defense could be uh, a little little more cohesive back there. Okay. Oh my gosh. Really? Yes, okay. really. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, um, but and and Zach mentions that in the press conference. He said that uh, definitely needed to tighten some things up, and we could be better in a lot of ways. And and uh, they did make some second half adjustments that helped. Um, Kind of squash some of the Las Vegas or yeah Las Vegas chances, um, but I still feel really good about the match. I, I feel like there was room to grow, obviously, because like Zach said in the in the press conference, if if we don't feel like there's room to grow after the first match, then then we're lying to ourselves. So the fact that there's clearly some room to grow there and. Uh, <laughs> We still were able to walk away with a pretty easy 2-0 win, in my opinion. Um, Real quick, what me and Earl and and, uh, uh, a buddy of ours that works for the team that I'm going to leave nameless um, were talking about how there was a difference in the second half between our second halves last year when we had the lead. Did you pick up on that? On, on differences there with between Zach and Troy uh, and how they attacked or how they handled
0: having the lead in a second half. Yeah, that was something that we've talked about a lot. We talked about it a lot last season. We talked about it leading into the season and that's something that's come up a couple times in, in the pressers with Zach uh, talking about his mentality and how he wanted to approach having a lead late in the game. And, looking at it uh sunday evening there was a def there's a definite change in mentality you could see us still going forward we weren't past just passing the ball around we weren't you know slowly trying to make our way into it or-, or slowly hold possession and just kind of grind it down until like the last you know like two minutes you can see brucey like doing some <laughs> doing some stuff out over in the corner but
1: right, my favorite part of that was he, fan, Bruce had some fancy footwork, but at one point, Nico had possession over there, and he just shoved the Vegas dude to the ground Yeah, and was just like, get off me, son.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah, but it was good to see. It really was, especially with the formation that Zach had out there. I felt like we looked more confident on the ball, off the ball, particularly in the last 15 minutes of the match, you know, because that's an area where we've really struggled in the past. And I felt like we were still taking opportunities, trying to look for ways to get forward. And we saw that, um, especially around, I think it was like, like the 83rd, 84th minute, you you see some attacks mm-hmm. still going. And it's not just, like I said, not just that slow build right. up. That's like, they were, you know, and sort of looked better.
1: They were dangerous through balls. Yeah. They were dangerous in two ways. They were dangerous because they were dangerous for us because we could have gotten through on goal and could have been led to a, a dangerous chance but then they were dangerous against us as well because we gave up possession and on both of them the towards that 80th 85th minute we gave up possession it didn't end up working out in our favor at least one of them i can't remember the other one off the top of my head but and that is something that we never would have saw last year and then me and me and earl and unsaid or unnamed uh uh person were it was it was the 90th minute 89th 90th minute and uh Nico and Rivas were at the 18 pressing and we all three looked at each other and said well that's different because had that been last year at about the 70th 75th minute one of our attacking players would have come off for a defensive mid or a backline player we would have switched to a 442 or something like that and we'd have parked the bus and then we would have given up a goal and we had our buttholes would get tight and we possibly would have given up another goal. And so to see them and, and and credit to Zach, obviously for having that mentality, but the players themselves for having the confidence to go out and still make those dangerous passes and still get up and press and still, you know, try to score a third while also playing good defense and not, allowing them to even get a chance that late and, and executing the mentality that Zach said, where I mean, he said this since day one, he said that that was going to be a change since his first press conference was that they were going to address how they kept giving up late goals and they were going to change it by attacking more. And that is exactly what they did. And, and I am absolutely thrilled to see that. And hopefully Last year look at the you look at the El Paso matchups, and aside from one, I feel like we were clearly the better team. But we didn't come away with any result. Well, we came away with draws, but I'm hoping that this kind of mentality translates into us taking care of El Paso next week, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I just I'm I'm really excited about what we saw, specifically in the second half, up two goals already and still Attacking and having that mindset of no, that's not good enough. Let's get a third.
0: Yeah, it was definitely an improvement over what we saw last year in terms of, like you mentioned, you know, Zach wanting that attacking mentality, wanting to keep going forward no matter what time it is in the match. And I know folks gave Troy a lot of flack last season for totally parking the bus. And while I, at times, didn't necessarily classify it as parking the bus. It was definitely a more possession-based end of the match, Um, trying to just close it out or even just you know hold that tie or or whatever the case may be. But you know, like you mentioned, you you saw us going forward, but we also didn't give up opportunities at the at, on our own end. Yeah. um and so. It was a lot of and it was a lot of fun to see the you know, coach Steve here in the chat. Uh unfortunately wasn't at the game. I love an attack-minded team. This is modern soccer. Looking forward to seeing it live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is something that Zach has talked about every time that. We've talked about you he, he he wants them looking for those opportunities. We've talked to him a little bit about some of the terminology that they use, and you know, you could see it working in the pitch. Um, you could see the guys, you know wanting to go forward and you talk about not bringing on defensive sub. Well, we didn't really have anybody to bring on into a defensive position too.
1: That's true. We had a zero though. I'm surprised we didn't see a zero.
0: Yeah. I I mean, when you have a, when when your bench has no defenders on it, like you can't really, you know, I mean, you probably could have brought Mike in and and dropped him in there, but you know, it's, which, and I'm, I'm mad at myself because, you know, I've, I
1: feel like there's there's three people on this podcast, right? There's Seth, the, the buttoned-up sports journalist. Um, and then there's Earl, the batshit crazy fan that doesn't give a damn about professionalism. And then I try to toe the line between the two of you. And the journalist side of me is mad because I didn't notice the lack of defensive players on the 18. And I should have noticed and I should have asked... Because we saw Seymour play what it was Swahis position Saturday night. We saw Seymour play there in person. He looked great, I thought we both thought. We saw the El Paso preseason match. He played that same position. He looked really good. And he wasn't even in the 18. And I have to wonder if that's an injury. Or some kind of precaution, because to go into that match without another center back as an option, we know Raddy is is uh, still working his way into form. Um, but for Sheed and Seymour to both be out of the 18, um, very confusing to me. And had I known that going into the press conference, like a freaking journalist should have. <laughs> Uh, I definitely would have asked that, and I'm mad at myself for not doing that. But what what were your thoughts on that? Because I, when I rewatched it, well, first I realized it before that, but when I rewatched it, I saw okay. Well, then that's really weird. Like, did you? Uh, I know that when the injury happened, Tyler, Tyler, I love you. You did fantastic as always. Um, he mentioned them not having any any other center backs on the the 18. Did you know that before you mentioned it? And what yeah. were your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I saw it when the when the team sheet came out. And I looked at it, I said, well, that's a little unusual. Now, we do still have some versatility in the squad. Obviously, Sam has played that center back role in the past. He's done well mm-hmm. at it. Uh, you had Josh Suggs out there who could, of mm-hmm. course, drop back and play the, in a defensive spot as well if needed. But yeah, the, the injury to Austin and we're not medical experts. We believe it's a hamstring injury. Uh, we don't have any confirmation on exactly what the severity of it is. Uh, we do know that Austin was on crutches uh, after the match. So uh, hopefully it's nothing too serious. But as we all know, being sports fans, hamstring injuries are not the easiest thing to rehab because it's, you know you're, it's a month. Yeah.
1: Uh, if, if he comes back before a month, I will be, pleasantly surprised
0: but it, it's probably at least a month but yeah so but yeah rosh not being in the in the, in the 18 ratting obviously we know his reasons why but you know you and i were out at the preseason and we saw rosh you know killing it and and mm-hmm. the and the practices that we saw we saw alexi playing really well you know we saw <laughs> alexi was a stud saturday by the way yeah he was and and so it was definitely an interesting decision by Zach to only go with uh, basically three defensive players in the team sheet. Um again, we did still have versatility of guys, you know, we have Mike in the in the 18 obviously who could probably drop back as I wouldn't put him as a center back or anything. I obviously play a defensive mid, you know, dropping yeah. a lot deeper than the other guys. Yeah. Um was definitely interesting to see. Um it was it was interesting to see guys that, to get opportunities like Christian being in the 18 you know stuff like that which is great to see but you know i you definitely don't count on an injury happening but um yeah you i just, to, i didn't know what to think honestly you, like i was like it's a very, it's it's an aggressive move
1: maybe sickness that's that's not a that could be i i saw sheed uh, walking around on the concourse um, I didn't see Seymour at all so maybe he was down with a, a knock or an illness but uh, you have to to me you have to prepare or you have to there's um, the Jack Reacher novels uh, by Lee Child also known as uh, you saw there's a movie and a TV show but but in the books one of Jack Reacher's mantras is prepare for the worst and hope for the best. So I can see hoping that no injuries happen and carrying three on the back and just those three basically. Um, But not having at least one other center back on the bench in case something like that happens. um, Very tough, very tough uh, in my opinion to do that without having a reason of, of sickness or an injury or, or something like that. So I, I, I'm curious to see what we look like going into the El Paso match. If it's Seymour, if it's Sheed, if it's a four-four-two or or something like that. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to see what happens there. But but Ryden and Alexi um, were two bright spots for me. I mean, Ryden got selected to the USL Team of the Week bench, um, and then Alexi shut down that side of. Uh, in fact, I think every single attack that scared me came on the opposite side of Alexi either against Jewood before he got hurt or against Suggs after they had to move around pieces. And, and that just speaks to, to why we brought Alexi in. I think, um, you know, he comes over from loose city after starting pretty much every match for two or three years and, and just is, is a solid brick wall back there. I mean, he's, he's, he's not going to be spectacular. He's not going to, you know, score a bunch of goals and be a flashy signing like Nico Brett, but he's probably just as important, if not more important, than than most of the
0: signings that we had. Alexley nearly had a banger there.
1: Oh, so <laughs> close, dude! So close. We were right there, and when he struck it, oh, I think mine and Earl's jaws both dropped. Yeah. And then when he got tipped over the bar, we were both hung our head. But man, that was a that was a strike and a half right there. Yeah. I think he did have five goals last season for, I mean, for he, city. So he's going to score goals. Yeah. I, I'm sure he'll still find a couple here and there, but he's not going to make like the high pressing Nico plays or, or like the chip, the little flick that Nico had to, to spring to Tabor uh, in the first half when, when Itaka just put it wide. I mean, it was so close to being a beautiful play. He, like those are the ones that are going to get clipped and shared on social media. Him stonewalling a guy before a threat even starts isn't going to get the recognition that it deserves right and and that's the way it is with every defender ever but um (laughs) uh aaron aaron over here absolute banger i was shouting at the guy next to me that he doesn't need to be that far up i was right there with you at this point we had a two nil lead and he bombed up for no real reason other than the ball was kind of loose and like in no man's land and he came up and he ended up winning it. And then he just kept going and, and then put that shot on. And, and uh, I mean, how have we come this far without actually talking about the goals?
0: <laughs> because the, it's opening, it's opening day. There's a lot to talk about. There is. There and, is. and, and we'll definitely get to those goals here in just a like, second. I, I do want to bring out one more point before we talk about those. And this was probably my biggest negative negative on the night. And that was Josh Suggs. You know, you and I kind of chatted about it a little bit and you just brought him up here. We talked about how Austin obviously went out with an injury. And then when Zach made the change to bring on Daniel Bruce, you know, you then have uh, Harry Schwartz on one side, Daniel Bruce on the other. And Suggs slid back into that left center back role. And Josh did not have a great night. He had some rough moments, and you know we were kind of talking about it a little bit. And do you, how much of that do you think is because of that change in position? Because he hasn't necessarily played in that left center back role as much as he used to in recent memory, or do you think that he just had an off night? Like because we saw, you know, one one of the one of the one of the, one of the times that I brought up, it, he's it around the forty first, forty second minute. Josh is running down after the ball. There's a lights player running stride for stride with him. And Josh just kind of like gives up on it. And then he like, like, Oh shit, what did I do? And like went after again, They had a couple off passes. So what do you think it was about Josh and, and, and on the night? I, I don't know. I think it was a combination of the two.
1: Uh Zach talked about it in the press conference where he said that, um, Suggs kind of left him in bad spots a couple times early after making that switch because he wasn't decisive. Um, which I think one of those points is, or one of those cases was the point that you're talking about with him just kind of giving up on a ball and, and then um, some passes that I think he could have made or should have made that he ended up not. And just things like that. But um, Suggs has been in this league for a long time. Uh, obviously he leads the the whole league in minutes played and uh, it's, and it's, Entirety in in the whole USL existence, he is number one in minutes played. And um, he, I, to put it as mildly as I can, those minutes showed. Um, like he, he, uh, he just made some mistakes. He didn't seem to have the legs. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when you're looking at Austin and from what we've seen as Suahi and what we know of Raiden, um, I think they're all faster than Suggs and so we're playing a pretty high line and trying to get back i think Suggs kind of struggle with that a little bit but he he made some mistakes he wasn't
0: what was that face for i'm I scrolling through the roster i'll i'll tell you in just a minute
1: okay um he uh he had some rough times i i thought he held his own um. Most of the night, I you mean, know, he didn't end up giving a giving up a, a goal or anything. Uh, he is thirty six. No, thirty no, no. 32. He's only thirty two. Yeah, oh, I'm thirty two. I know it's not only thirty two. Oh yeah, you're thirty six. I'm right? thirty seven. Oh, thirty seven. Oh, <laughs> I'm thirty seven. I apologize. Um, he wasn't the only negative spot for me though, and I like this. Go negative first, so that we can get it out of the way. Um, Portillo didn't I will say that what I liked about Portillo was that unlike an unnamed uh, person from last year if Portillo got the ball and knew he had space to attack he would turn and attack it wasn't like he had his back to our goal and was allergic to it like um, like last year there were a couple that seemed to be Um, and I think that even though he did that, he still just made a few mistakes that that I just uh, really kind of stuck out to me and were Juan Pablo Guzman-like uh, when he turned the ball over a couple times. But other than that, I thought he played uh, a decent game. It's just I thought he could have been better. And then where was Weehan?
0: Yeah, he wasn't really involved a whole
1: lot. Like, he wasn't a negative. Like, he didn't have a bad game. He just was invisible a lot of the time which for my standards of chris wehan is a bad game um, but those three players were the only players that i had graded average or below i thought everybody else played played really well and and i think suggs and Portillo and i know wehan are all going to have better days and they're going to get better as the season goes on. So, I'm not worried about any of them. And if if those three are what we looked at as negatives from week 1, then we had a damn good week 1 in my
0: opinion. Yeah. No, we absolutely did. And while we do have those these minor negatives, you know, obviously, you know, is going to get more involved, Portillo is going to show up a little bit more you know when he Suggs is obviously gonna correct whatever issues he had you know he's a he's a veteran these guys are veteran players Mm -hmm. they know what they have to do in order to get involved there were obviously some really big moments that came out of the match and harry we're gonna get to your news here in just a little bit he had something he had a prediction earlier as well to those um because the usl has some big news that came out today as well um Talk about the goals. Let's talk about let's talk about those. You know, obviously a 2-0 win, and we saw two goals from two set pieces, um, which is not something that we've done well in the past. You know, we did see a few uh, gadget plays last year that worked well. Um, but it se- certainly seems like Zach is back at the drawing board, drawing stuff up. And, um, you know, first goal of the match, obviously a cross in from Justin Portillo, went across the box. Off course. corner. So it, off the corner. Yeah. Wide open Harry Schwartz at the far post. Um, got a great header on it. Uh, put it down out of the keeper's reach. Took uh, one bounce in the back of the net, And then same thing for similar for the second one. Um, went across another corner, came across the box and Nico got to it and obviously had the uh, celebration celeb- uh, honoring Armando Moreno uh, there after his goal. But what's your takeaway from these two goals? Um, is do you think these are something that Zach kind of drew up because you look at how we lined up, it's particularly on the first one? And Harry was nowhere near the goal when he lined up for that for that corner.
1: Well, we've seen that play multiple times, and I believe we have scored off of it at least. Well, I not at least, I, I, I believe we've scored off of it one other time. Um, I have to do a little bit of research, but but it's a play that that Schmidt used to do this a lot, he used to start you know, in a defensive position, kind of hanging out back closer to midfield. And then when Portillo put the arm down, he'd come bombing up that far side. And um, it's, it's a fairly good play. I mean, it, it when, when you don't do it a lot and the other team isn't expecting it, uh, you get what happened on Saturday, which is Harry gets a free header with literally nobody within five yards of him. And um he's able to put it down and and find the bottom corner of that the bottom far post and and um you know it maybe it should have been cleared uh there was a couple Vegas players that swung and missed on it or it, it very easily could have been an own goal well he put it on frame so it wouldn't have been an old goal but but they could have very easily tapped it in themselves and one of them might have it was close um <laughs> Uh, and, uh, it was, it's set plays like that. Like if we can last year, we started off really hot on set pieces. We had a lot of goals from set pieces, the first two or first third of the last season. And then it kind of waned down. So hopefully this is something that can sustain. Uh, I mentioned, I voiced a little bit of displeasure with not being able to score in open play, but, um, uh, uh, these two set pieces, the second one, the second one we've seen similar. In fact, it was a uh, Rivas scored on a similar play last year. Um, ball on the, what would that be? The right side, the offensive right side of the, of the pitch and, and Suggs put in a cross that went to the far post and Ryden was able to get ahead on it and direct it back across frame. And Miko was able to get his head to the, to the, Right in ball and and head it down and pass the keeper and and um, it's plays like that that both of those set pieces that kind of give us hope that maybe the set piece we also have a lot more height this year. Um, with Nico out there, we lose height at the nine, but Swahi, Sam, Ryden, right uh, Sainty, if he's in there, um gearwood when he comes back. I mean we've got several players that are a little bit bigger than than in the past and and hopefully that can lead to some set piece magic and and if we can keep that set piece magic going and Tabor finishes his his one that he put past the post. If we get a a banger from Brucey or or Nico or something like that, you get you get some open open play uh Chances to go in, then, then we can, that's when we can see three, four five goals in a night. And, uh, and they are exciting.
0: Who's your man of the match? Swahi? I,
1: I don't know. Um, I know Harry got the official, uh, man of the match from United and, and it was deserved. Um, but, uh, I, I think what Swahi did on that that left side or right side um and just shutting that side down not letting anything happen over there um while playing, you know, th- that three-back system you're you're on an island, man. You are you are screwed if you give up a a one-on-one defeat there and let somebody pass you and and he made some gambles, you know, going for for some passes there towards midfield and was able to win those. I mean, he's quick, he's big. Um, he just shut everything down on that side. Uh, I think you could go three or four different ways here, but I'm going to go with Swahi.
0: Yeah, I think I have to agree. I mean, looking at his stats on the night and just watching him play, he, he played really well. He he absolutely did. He, you know, and that's to be expected of someone of, of his caliber, you know, a, a veteran player. Uh, yeah. Yeah over in Hamilton at Sam played well. Um, You know, Sam has really, has really done well on that midfield role um, since he's been out there and, you know, seeing guys like Harry come back and Sam come back from the injuries they had last season. And it's great to see him out there. Uh, Coach Steve, thanks for for hanging out with us, man. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you guys on Saturday. But yeah, I mean, you really could go a number of different ways with it. Um, But yeah, Alexi is probably my man of the match as well. Uh, I just, I I enjoy watching him play. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens with him in the coming weeks and months. Once the season, once the season really gets underway and the club really starts to click. So, Um, so yeah, I mean, looking ahead to next weekend, we got the uh, Rio Grande Derby, El Paso, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what it's. Camino de Real, Camino de, yeah, whatever. Day, Camino de Real, I don't know. I just, you know, little brother down south of here. Um, Yeah, Feb, there you go. The the FEP Bowl, how about that? Um, El Paso, of course, coming off of a 3-1 loss to Sacramento, uh, a match in which they actually played really well. And, you know, I hate to give credit to El Paso. We don't like to talk them up a little bit, but they did. They looked good um early penalty that they couldn't convert they had some other opportunities throughout the match uh, and they just they didn't do it and they seemed to control much of the much of the game but Sacramento pulled out a three goal you know a three goal showing out of there and and took that match at home obviously uh this match on Saturday of course is down in El Paso where we know that El Paso does still have a regular season unbeaten streak going. Um, so yeah, looking at this and looking at what we saw this past weekend, where do you think that the problem matchups are for New Mexico United?
1: Um, they're the way they're playing this year is a lot different than, than with Lowry. They're definitely more attack minded. Um, Francois. Um what's the other guy's name that plays their other wing? Sonap Sup Sonape? Whatever it is. Uh they looked really dangerous. And um if it's Swahi, Raiden and and Seymour or even Sheed, uh, I'm not as nervous about it. I don't think we'll see Suggs back there again, um, as long as everybody else is healthy and can go, but um I am curious to see uh, how that back three line up with, with their front three. And um, typically I like our chances there, but if, uh, if, if there's any spot that I'm really worried, I think it's going to be there. I think, I think our offense is going to do okay against their defense. Um, I hope Yuma is playing because at this point Yuma is one of their worst defenders and, uh, so I hope he gets in there and we can tear him apart, but we'll see. <clears throat> Other than that, I'm, I think the midfield probably pretty even, um, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting game though. I, we always play tough, tough, close games with them, no matter what, seemingly aside from the one time that we kicked their ass here in Albuquerque, uh, in 2019. So, so we'll see how it goes, but the, their front three do make me a little nervous.
0: You know, honestly, outside of Solnyak, I'm not too worried about their front three. Um, now, we've seen Numa play all different positions on the pitch. You know, he's played in forward. He's played midfield. He plays defensively. Like, he, he's just all over the pitch. And so, you know, Solnyak is one of the guys that, that I worry about uh, looking at that because he does have the ability to score. Um, and then watching what they did on Saturday, Dylan Mara had a pretty good night. Diego Luna had a pretty night. They did have some guys go out with injury um, during the Sacramento match. But so looking for me, it's out of the midfield. That's where the issues are for me with El Paso. Um, Because they've got some guys, you know, I already mentioned them, that that have the ability to get forward and get into dangerous positions and just disrupt the midfield play going either way. And so that for me is going to be one of the big keys to the match on Saturday night is who can control that midfield. Can we take Yuma out of it? Can we keep the, the, the emotions in check and deal with that? Uh, No, probably not. I mean, we've already seen tempers flare up in, in the preseason, but they look vastly different from that last preseason match to how they looked this weekend against Sacramento. So, um, and then as far as who's going to be in goal, I don't know uh evan newton obviously is their number one phil michael didn't even make the team, team yeah. on saturday can we talk about newton real quick
1: yeah what a shit show that was that was he, he was all over the place i have no idea what he was thinking the penalty that he gave to sacramento for him to pop up and act like what did i do you yeah you tracked him down and tackled him like that's point blink what it was it, like i don't know what it wasn't even that dangerous of a ball. It was going out of play. I don't know what he was
0: doing. Yeah. I, Newton's decision-making there obviously left a lot to be desired. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to make of it, but I mean, they're obviously a, a dangerous club. They always have been. Um, like you mentioned, this is one of those matchups that always seems to be right down to the wire or you know, extremely close, no matter what, where it's at. So and just just for the record, Philip didn't make the team sheet because he had a baby. Oh, did he? Yes, was well, oh. a baby, obviously. Okay. But
1: but yeah, they they
0: welcomed a baby. Oh, I didn't Paso. know that. Well, congrats to Philip Beigel on on the new addition to his family. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just I look at it and I look at El Paso, um, and I just I don't know. I, I re- there's still a lot of questions there for me as to what they're going to do because I don't. I want to see more out of their forwards. I want to see what they can do um, and if they can get that system going. Um, You know, so as far as what we need to do, what are your keys for United on Saturday? I think the midfield has to be
1: a little crisper with their passes. We can't be turning the ball over against this team. This is not a Las Vegas lights team. Nothing to take away, not to take away anything from Danny Trejo or um, uh, Cal Jennings. They are, they are very good soccer players in their own right, obviously, but, but El Paso teams, technic just, they're very technical and they, they know how to attack and they know how to score, especially off of turnovers. So we got to limit those turnovers. Other than that, Sound like a broken record from last year. We gotta finish. Um, we had some chances in open play against Vegas and we couldn't quite put it away. We gotta put some goals and or balls in the back of the net and make El Paso pay for any mistakes that they make. I I don't think we're gonna be able to get a clean sheet, uh, but I think there's goals aplenty to be had
0: if we can finish for both teams. All right. Well, i mean. And let's just get right into it. What is your prediction for Saturday night? Uh,
1: you know, I I feel like we are the better team. It's hard when you're looking at how we played against Vegas compared to how they play against Sacramento. I just I, I feel like two vastly different caliber yes, of clubs. Very much so so I feel like that we are the better team with that being said uh, in El Paso, it's a tough match. I mean, they, have I can't remember if it's them or Phoenix that has the record for, for most regular season or for the longest regular season undefeated streak, but it's one of them. Um, and, and it's that way for a reason. They are very good at home. Um, they're just a very good club. And, and because of that,
0: I'm taking two on us. <laughs> okay. All right. Jacob got two on us. Harry over, over in the chat saying two, two, and then Aaron three, two. I don't know that I've seen enough out of either of the clubs. This is the third time that we've seen New Mexico United. Live. Well, yeah,
1: that's, um. that's what everybody did. Harry just picked every game for Christ's sakes on YouTube. You can't, cop out. I mean, I don't know. I,
0: I haven't seen <laughs> enough of them.
1: Nobody's seen enough of anybody right now.
0: Well, I'm just I'm just saying I I, I haven't seen enough. I, I want to see more from both of these guys. Sounds to like see, you're making excuses. To, is to what see it where they're at and what the potential is. Now we've seen El Paso a couple of times. You saw them live a couple of weeks ago against New Mexico and what was pretty close to an opening day roster. Um, And so El Paso Obviously, they're a super aggressive club. They're gonna put goals in the back of their net. They're they're gonna be very dangerous throughout the season. Southwest University Park plays to their favor. I don't know, and I know I know I picked against us last season. In this, um, I do feel like we're a little better defensively than they are. I think we have a better goalkeeper than they do. Um, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we go down there. I think we do take three points. Now, I don't think it's going to be like three-one. I don't think. I don't think we're going to see more than like three goals in the match. So, so. So,
1: uh, so hark back to a conversation that we had earlier today about a different sport. Again, it sounded like you just talked yourself into one thing, and then flip flopped on it, <laughs> just like that. It, I'm it not flip
0: flopping like, on anything. Like I I'm just,
1: like, I don't like New Mexico United's chances. They're they're a good team down there. They're gonna win. We're gonna get three points.
0: <laughs> well, no, I did. I didn't say that El Paso was gonna, gonna get points at any point. I'm just, you know, trying to analyze what I've seen so far and what I think could happen, and so. I think we get, I think, I do think we get the three points. It's a definitely tough place to play. I think we go down. I think it's going to be 2 1 for us. You just took my score. So, Aaron, are you saying 3 0
1: or are you saying 3 2? Because if you're saying 3 0, I'm saying 3 2 because that's what I wanted <laughs> to pick. But even you had already put it in the chat. And I don't want to be like, oh, the guy that copies the commenter. Because I, I think 3 2 is more likely than 2 1, but I, I think we win. And I didn't want to go 2-2 two, two, because Harry said 2-2. Two, two. Even though everybody knows it's going to be 2-2. Two, two. I mean, then... More than likely, that's, yeah. That's the El Paso scoreline. Okay, he's staying 3-2. Okay. Then yeah. I, I'm going to go 3-1. Fucking okay. I don't, I don't want to go... Right, you yeah. can have 2-1. I'll go 2-1. <laughs> However, if it ends up being 2-1, I'm claiming that shit till the guy
0: <laughs> Okay, that's fine with me. Um, but, you know, don't be afraid to, to use the same scoreline as someone else. Like... It's not gonna hurt you.
1: Well, you already you already have a a correct scoreline predicted. I can't can't let you get <laughs> actually. No, you know what? I'm gonna go back to two one because oh, I can't. can't let you get it right and we be down two
0: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll get rolls prediction here at some point this week. Um, we'll make sure we get all those out on social media. We'll keep track of them. Uh, Jacob has three different guesses this week. No, I, I will go. <laughs> I will go 2-1. That is okay. I, I think that's what it's going to be. All right, Harry's got 2-2, two, two. Aaron's got 3-2. I've got 2-1. All right.
1: Adri says 2-1 as well. Uh,
0: hey, Adri, there we go. Hey, how are you, tonight? Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being here. 2-1, united for for Adri there. Yes. All right. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's uh, we got a recap, we got our we got our preview in there where there is some news a little bit that came just a little bit. I want to touch on one thing here, real quick, from Harry. Uh, big news out of Orange County Day. I did see this earlier. Ronaldo Damas is heading to Europe over to the Swedish uh league over there. Apparently, according to ESPN, it's a six figure deal plus sell on clause for this. Um, it is,
1: it is also the same team that Forrest Lasso. Uh, left Tampa Bay Rowdies to go to.
0: Yes. And apparently they're also trying to get Joe Corona over there as well. So uh, big moves being made by the, by, by that Swedish club. Um, I mean, this is, this will be a huge move for, for him. Uh, Ronaldo Damas, obviously a a young talent. He's done very well the past couple of seasons uh, in the USL league one and now in the USL championship for Orange County. Uh it would be a huge loss for them, but for the league as a whole, I think it's, I think it's a great move to see even more talent going over to a top tier league in, in Europe.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 huge for the league. Um my understanding is he, he isn't able to play for Orange County right now, anyways, uh because of some visa issues. So he um it's it's a loss for Orange County in the sense that he can't come back for like a stretch run or the playoffs again but uh other than that I mean it's a huge move it is it's good for orange county uh if they're getting that kind of money um it's something that I hope we can do uh, eventually with some young players for us um we've talked about Nava obviously being from the academy we'll see what he gets um uh if he gets a, a an offer from somewhere else or some looks um I think the coaching staff is really high on uh, carl fred sainty um and i've i i can kind of see why so it's it's something that we can aspire to and, and hope that that we can hit on somebody that you know maybe maybe not 500k um but but somebody that can bring us in a, a little chunk of change so that we can re put that back into the roster and and try to retool but Um, yeah, huge news that Domus was fantastic, uh, in the playoffs last year, specifically, uh, the, he basically won me 300 bucks, uh, when I was in Vegas on, I bet on the championship match. So, uh, he'll always have a special little place in my wallet. I mean, heart and, um, hopefully, hopefully this is just more and more stuff like this keeps
0: happening for the league. Well, that's a great place for someone that's not from our club to be, you know, in your wallet. So, yeah, you know. Uh, and then the other big news that came out today, the and I definitely want to get everyone's opinion. If you're in the chat, I definitely want to get your feedback on this, your thoughts on it. Today, the USL Super League announced their calendar for the season. They are going to go with basically the European calendar. They're going to play fall to summer with a midwinter break in here. And going from the article over on uslsoccer.com, according to USL CEO Alex Papadakis, uh, alignment with the global game demonstrates our commitment to drive increased value for our fans, players, clubs, and partners. Uh, This would be, I believe, the only league in the United States to follow follow the fall to summer schedule. Uh, Obviously, we know MLS and USL don't do that. Um, Now, this to me... Is, I think, a, a fantastic it's is an interesting decision to say the least. Because, number one, you have to look at it from from this comment here uh, increased value for our fans, players, clubs, and partners. It, it goes on to say that um, the calendar is constructed with players in mind from playing conditions to career development to mental and physical well being. Now, how does this? How, really, how does this how does this value fans? Because could you imagine some of these clubs playing in the winter, especially in some of the locations that have already been announced? I mean, it, once we get the women's league club here, like, could you imagine us trying to play in like November or January? I can't. I don't think that's a value to the fans because who's going to come out and watch a watch a match? in you know 20 degree weather
1: i don't know man um i would for one uh oh yeah and i would yes yeah. it's you have kids so mm-hmm. let me ask you this if it's 98 and like 20 percent humidity versus now see i love that weather versus 36 and sunny. Which one are you more likely to take the kids to?
0: Uh neither. I mean, per being perfectly honest, like neither, because you know, keeping my kids out in ninety-eight degree weather for an extended period of time, you know, when they're not like at a pool. Okay, so which one not... would they rather do? Probably the summer. Really? Even yeah. though, it, oh yeah, I don't know.
1: I, 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 don't really care either way. It's interesting. I it'll be interesting to see how it works, if they get numbers and and uh, enjoy the winter months, um, which I think could work. I don't know if it's necessarily keeping the man, fans in m- mind, but it could work. Um, you know. Most of the time here, it's really not... The problem that I have with it is it gets dark so damn early. Mm-hmm. And so you kick off at 5 o'clock, it's already pitch black. And I know that there's these thing called lights. I understand that.
0: It just is weird to me. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. You talk about drawing numbers. Now, I'd have to do some research on, research on it to see what the NWSL and other women's leagues pull... In terms of attendance numbers, now, I know there's a few clubs that do probably outdraw, you know, USL clubs, maybe even a couple MLS clubs. But I mean, really some great comments over in the chat, you know, Jake, uh, Harry Austin's Harry saying Jake wants uh, to move internationally. international. I go, yes. I mean, he's talked about this. This is something that he absolutely wants to do uh, to test for the men's game. Um, I mean, really, in ter- in terms of numbers, what do you think that they have to see? in order for them to potentially move this over to the men's league as well. And do you think this is a precursor to the USL actually switching over to that. And when say, you know, 2026, I think it could happen
1: depending on how, how the super league works, but I'm a great, I'm a huge fan of Aaron right now and green, chili stew and the tailgates. I mean that I am down for that all day, every day, except for when it's 98. So I, I think you're going to have pros and cons. I mean, it, the majority of our weather isn't that bad um in fact i'd argue that there are times when march weather is worse than january weather uh here in albuquerque anyways so it's it's it is what it is i think if if they like how it turns out then they will change it for the men's game and um i think that that's at the end of the day it's fine I will be bummed because I love the fact that we have United start in March. Go till November. English Premier League, Bundesliga, all those start shortly after or before the USL is done. So then you're right into that. And um, I I like being able to go to 7 o'clock matches. I like to be able to go to... um, like Saturday, dude, the weather was beautiful. It was perfect. Um, so I, I don't care either way. I just want to watch United. And and if there's a, if we get once we get a stadium and there's a women's uh, United team, then then guess what? I'll I'll be there if it's 36 or 98, whatever the case may be. I'm going to be there. The only problem uh, I have with that though, is I have a wife and kids, and if there's a another soccer season over the winter where I have to go to Albuquerque every Saturday and for two hours every week, I zone out while I watch the matches and and talk to you guys. Uh, I'm not sure how they'd feel
0: about it, but, um, (laughs) but I'd still be, I'd still be down for it. Another comment here in chat from Harry. Do you watch four hours of football compared to two hours for soccer? If the product is good, fans will turn out. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. If it's a good product, the fans will turn out and, I was just doing some research over on uh, soccerstadiumdigest.com. So the NWSL attendance numbers are posted over there. The league as a whole averaged uh, around five and a half thousand fans per year. Uh, Obviously, you know, there's a range there. Portland Thorns averaged uh, a little over 14,000 fans per match. Uh, Racing Louisville pulled 6.6 uh rain pulled 5.4 gotham fc pulled 5.1 and the lowest average attendance for that uh was the chicago red stars who pulled just under 3.3 thousand fans per match so not a bad showing at all for the nwsl in terms of attendance and i think that they definitely are they're definitely outdrawing some usl clubs um especially when you look at the twos and and some of the other clubs you know like el paso that don't they don't necessarily pull well um but, you know, I, I think it could work. I think it could work. And, you know, if it does well, if if his experiment with the schedule goes well, you know, I think we could see the USL switch over to the the European schedule, basically. I don't...
1: I personally don't think it'll happen. Um, I, unless this does extremely well. Uh, I just don't see why they would make that change. I don't necessarily see how they would make that change. You'd have to go. What? Six, seven months without soccer. If the season ended in November and then you have to wait till almost the follow, like almost a year before you actually started back up
0: again. Um, Well, I think, I think you could slowly shift into it by building breaks into the season Mm -hmm. and just shifting things around that way you're not like cutting you're not missing out on the four months of play.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, it it was, it was a definitely an interesting announcement that is one to keep an eye on and see what happens there. But until, until those games are actually played and we see what kind of happens there, then, then I'm going to reserve judgment and, uh, And just enjoy the summer soccer months that we have right now.
0: Yep. I'm right there with you. I agree. You know, just wait and see what happens. And uh, I mean, obviously once we get a women's club here, no matter what the schedule ends up being, we're going to be there. You know, we're going to support the club. We'll be out there. Uh, If Albuquerque FC comes back, I would love to get out there and and support them a little bit. Um, Here we go right here, Harry. The reason why it is easier to transfer players overseas If USL wants to be a selling league, it's all about selling the Academy kids. Yeah. I mean, USL MLS, they're showing that they can develop kids now and move them on. And so, um, if it, uh, absolutely. It makes it a lot easier. If you're, everyone's on the same transfer schedule, if you're on the same breaks. Um, yeah, it actually does make a lot of things easier, but you know, uh, the more soccer we have, the better. If you ask me, uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So
1: the, and I, I agree that it makes the transfers easier. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that could be different if if we're all on the same schedule. I think this season, this year, this last 365 days, has kind of proven that it might not matter. You look at the MLS, and we had a record number of, of transfers to European leagues. We just talked about how we had Damas transfer this sh- now we also had jose gallegos and shit. i'm forgetting who else who else was actually transferred out forrest left uh forrest lasso left uh when he was out of contract but these moves are already being made even with this schedule so it doesn't have to be where we're all in the same calendar to make these moves i i think we've proven that it ne- doesn't necessarily need to be that way
0: yeah, I, you know, you make you make a great point there. I mean, the the transfers are still happening even without being on the same schedule. You know, um, yeah, I don't. It, there's a lot of moving parts here. Um, a lot of things that could happen in the future, and you know, I don't know if I don't necessarily think that USSF could potentially stop Jake if that's what he ends up doing with the USL. Um, but uh, I definitely don't see MLS ever going to that schedule. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. I couldn't remember. Junior Flemings, obviously, went to an Italian side. That he did. All right. So I think that's going to just about do it for our show. Jacob, do you have any final points you want to hit on?
1: No. Um, I think we're good. Uh, happy with the 2-0 win. Can't wait for, for the El Paso match on Saturday. Are you still
0: going to make it down there? That's the goal. The goal is still to get down there. So
1: Okay. Good. Good. So, yeah. Um, can't wait for that uh just the usl being back in general is exciting um you know four o'clock saturday no sorry six o'clock saturday uh we'll be taking on el paso make sure you tune in on espn plus or get down there espn um, deportes it's also on espn plus this i hope so it yeah. is and they have said that already so okay. so um you will be able to watch the game uh if you at all can I would get down there. Um, I have work and kids and can't make it, but um, I, I would be there if adult. I could. I know, right? Um, Adrian's going, which is good, so you can you can see her down there. Um, Adrian, I think you did an awesome job as the Spanish speaking PA announcer um, at the game on Saturday, and and glad that I get to hear that for 16 more times we have 34 games this year
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: okay yeah uh 16 more times we get to hear that and and i'm thrilled about that so um get down there if you can otherwise tune in six o'clock espn plus espn deportes and uh and Rudon on united um hopefully we can come away with the three points like everybody on this show predicted except for harry because he's a buzzkill um actually no harry you're not a buzzkill you're probably the one that's going to be right but what fun is that um and so We'll be back next Tuesday, nine o'clock. Hopefully Earl will be here. He should be as far as I know. We'll be able to talk about that. And, uh, can't wait for that. Can't wait to see you guys again. Thank you. Everybody that's been in the chat, Adrian, Harry, Steve. Um, we'll hopefully have you guys next week. And, and, uh, again, I'm just, I'm giddy to be back weekly, having live soccer to talk about being able to talk to you guys. Um, shout out to these kits, by the way. Uh, they are, absolutely beautiful and i so happy that i got both of them i got the away one over here too Uh, um the wife doesn't need to see that credit card bill so um but yeah we'll be back next tuesday nine o'clock right here on twitter youtube and facebook and can't wait to be back with you guys and until then it's almost
0: You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.